into me. <laughs> there we go. Talking back. I'm not sure what you are thinking as you've looked at the title for the lesson. Sometimes we have our expectations of what we're thinking about. Sometimes we have a desire to see something in between the lines of what we read in the scriptures. We're looking in the book of James, and we're in chapter 1, and looking at the first eight verses. James, a bondservant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad, greetings. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith, with no doubting, for he who doubts is like the wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. We've talked about being guided by the great Jehovah. And I talked about give me that fiery and cloudy pillar to guide me. And I'm thinking as we sing that, I mean, I get an impression sometimes as we're looking either for limitless wisdom or limitless faith, that we're expecting that we're going to be guided by Jehovah or we're going to take the hand of Jesus, that we're going to walk down a pathway that's going to be well lit, you know exactly where you're going and you know the end result, and there's nothing that's going to be in between that's going to be any distraction at all. As long as I'm holding the hand of Jesus, as long as he's guiding the way, then I'm going to be safe and secure. And I'm asking for wisdom and believing that God gives it very liberally, and that I'm going to have an understanding of how this way works and what needs to be done as I walk down this pathway of righteousness headed for that heavenly home. And when I've gone that last mile of the way, we believe that the way is so lit that we will understand when we're reaching that last mile of the way, that there will be that home beyond the, uh, beyond the sky or in that, in that home in, in heaven. Have an understanding or think that sometimes we have that understanding that if we're asking for God's wisdom that he gives generously, then we're going to have an understanding of how to make decisions 
as we live each day and as we face the future, that we'll make them positively and that we'll make them properly and we'll understand the exact course that needs to be laid out. But is that really it? The fiery pillar and the cloudy pillar that guided Israel and reminding ourselves even in the terminology that it guided Israel. But Israel had to follow. But are we sometimes like Israel of old in this following of this light that we have from God? And murmur, murmur and complain along the way. Sometimes we hear the saying, or you may have seen it on bumper stickers, they still have all that sometimes. When life hands you a lemon, what? Make lemonade. Easier said than done. Have you ever made the comment or heard somebody make the comment? I wish I knew then what I know now. I would have made a different choice. You ever thought that? And I've asked him, if that would be true, if I knew then what I know now, I would have made a different choice. Well, what happens when you gain a little bit more knowledge? Well, then you're going to have more knowledge to say, well, I wish I knew this back here when I made that choice. I would have chose differently. We, we have a tendency to want to keep wanting to make those corrections rather than allowing that blood of Christ to wash away our sins as we repent of them. And we have to remind ourselves the wisdom is part of that understanding that we understand we're not always going to make the right choice. We may have all the facts, but human understanding enters into the picture. And sometimes we make a choice that wasn't always the wisest one. We see that in the scriptures, all the way through the scriptures, starting with Adam and Eve and coming all the way down. Looking at that a little bit this morning in Galatians 2 with Peter and Paul and others that you can bring to mind that, just, that the scriptures just flood your soul with illustrations that remind us the Christian life, the godly life, the Christian life, is not that bed of roses. Things do not always go well. Part of it is, as he's bringing out here in James, is that sometimes we are wanting to skip over the earlier part of the verses and get to the part of the verse that says that we ask for wisdom, then God will give it to us generously. But brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. That's the hard one, isn't it? How do you count it a joy to fall into various trials? The testing of your faith. How genuine is it? Knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. And again, when you ask for more patience, look at how that patience comes. The testing of your faith. 
And part of the wisdom that God gives to us through his word is understanding that testing of faith. God's always in control. It's for our good. Like to 1 Corinthians 10, 12, and 13. Let him stand, take heed, lest he fall. For there's no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. And God will not allow you to be tempted above what you're able to bear, but with every temptation will provide a way of escape. I don't want to be tested, but God has already promised me that whatever test comes my way, he has provided the way of escape. I just don't want to go through that. It's how we live our lives sometimes. I'm trying to get the wisdom so that I can avoid making mistakes and having it to be tested. But that's not the way God works. We look for the shortcuts at times. We look for those answers that will come seemingly quick. If I lack wisdom, ask God. He'll give it to, to you generously. But how does he give you that wisdom? Now, you don't have a little spout up here that you hooked, God hooks up to and just pours that wisdom into your head. It comes through the knowledge that we have of his word. Well, what does his word tell us? What does his word teach us? What does his word remind us of? God's people will always be put to the test. Started in the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve. Here's, here's, here's that paradise that we oftentimes look for. Here's that little bit of heaven on earth that we had it in the very beginning. Here's everything that you want, everything that God has provided that is good. Genesis 1 closed out, and God saw what he made, and it was very good. We had it. But we listened to another voice. And that has reminded us ever since then that we don't, do not have that Garden of Eden. We do not have that paradise on earth or that little bit of heaven on earth. That's a reward that is yet to come. And we have to remind ourselves in this life, if any man says he has no sin, he's a liar, and the truth is not in him. And if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness in John 1, uh, 5 through 9. 1 John 1, 5 through 9. We're going to sin. We're going to fall short. We're going to transgress. We're going to go against what God would have us to do. God already knows that. That's why he provided Jesus and the sacrifice. And we get to remind ourselves as we partake of the Lord's Supper and as we read the Scriptures... What a tremendous sacrifice God was willing to make in order that we might have the freedom that we have. But there is no absolute freedom. It doesn't happen. There is no absolute freedom in any sense of the word, in any aspect of it. Anarchy, and anarchy will not survive. Every society and every sub-society within society understands that. They will be whatever it is. Not everybody's going to have their say and everybody's going to get their way. There's going to be a decision made one way or another. 
Even, again, even the, the evil societies understand that. Someone has to make decisions. And ours is to understand that as we are walking through this life, God is there to help us. And as we're walking through this life, God has given us help along the way. And as we walk through this life and as we go through the trials and the tribulations that come our way, the persecutions that may come our way, God is still there. He's still working with us and striving to help us as we live our lives here so that we can do the things that God would have us to do. doesn't matter if we're dealing with trials from outside or dealing with trials on the inside. It's our faith in God and in Christ that we experience the victory. John was reminded us in 1 John, in chapter 5, and in verse 4. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world. Our faith. Our faith. Faith in what? Faith in God. What faith in God? Faith in God that he knows me, that he loves me, that he works with me. He's going to test me. He's going to try me. I'll go through some trials and some tribulations and James will talk about like purging gold in a, in a fire, removing the impurities. Well, the fire is not meant to be pleasant. The fire is meant to remove the impurities, to get rid of that which is not good in our lives. And sometimes we fight bitterly against having that removed from our life. But if we're looking for wisdom to make these right decisions, part of that is understanding it through God's word is that as we make decisions, they may seem right at the time. But later on, they may not. But then later on, we find out, you know, that was good. Learn some lessons from that. Sometimes that's down the road a little bit before we realize those bad choices. But as I made those choices, God still did not abandon me. He still worked with me. And he still works with me. He still works with you when you make those bad decisions. Then as you you recognize that you do not know what tomorrow has. You watch the news, you read newspapers, you listen to the radio. I don't care how you gather information. We always want to gather information. But what do we do with it? And we find out it's interesting to kind of pull back and, and watch it, be it in politics or be it in finance or be wherever it is, to hear the different opinions as why people believe this is the way it's going to go. This is what I say. This is how it had it. Someone else says, no, this is what I say. This is where it's going and this is how it had it. And it doesn't go either way. It goes another way. That's a reminder to us. That's part of the wisdom that we are to gain. It. We're not in control. We're not in control. It goes back to Job 38, doesn't it? Read the first several verses in that. When God asked Job, where were you when I laid the foundation of the world? Tell me if you know what. Tell me if you know why I did it this way. 
Do we have any concept of that? Of what's going on? At a professor of, of English, a member of the church who was telling me at times he read Job 38 and he says, you know, that was Job's PhD dissertation. Try to explain. Tell me, what, tell me about the universe and how it functions. Don't have a clue. We think we have some things figured out and then it all changes around from what we have thought or what we may have suspected. Taking us thousands of years to come up with some of the answers that God already had, knew when he formed this earth and what was going to take place. We don't have all the answers. And ours is essence of trust. And I've often brought up at times, I mean, the trust is the hard part because we do not have the answers. But the trust is an easy part if you know whom to put your trust in. Small children are good at that. They, they trust their parents. They trust their parents are going to provide for them and take care of them. They have no clue as to what it takes for that to be the case, to make provisions for them. They don't know what sacrifices have gone on. They don't know what commitments have been made. They don't know what struggles are going on. All they know is mom and dad loves them. Mom and dad has a home for them. Mom and dad feeds them, and they're fine. They get into trouble. They can run home. That's where it's to be spiritually. We have no clue how God works. We have no understanding how he provides for us and how he cares and watches over us and helps to guard us. And when we have problems, we we turn to him. But he's always there. Sometimes we think we can do it on our own. I'm big. I can do it. You see, you know, a, a parent teaching a, a child how to ride a two-wheel bicycle. You know, they, they, they do not want the parent to let go. Half the time they don't realize the parent's already let go. They're riding it. Our insecurities. But we need not to have those with God. I don't know all the trials. Never will know all of those trials that may come our way. But I need to understand as he's, James is talking, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. That's hard to do. But it's the testing of the faith. It's the refining of your commitment to God. It's helping you to understand you're not in control. And what you're going through, he's already promised you. He will not allow you to be tempted above what you're able to bear. Whatever it is, however severe it may be, you can endure it. You can go through it. One is because you have God on your side. One of you, he's given you the comfort that you need. He's given you the strength that you may not understand, drawn from the inside, that helps you to be that better person, that helps you to be that more compassionate person when you see someone else in trouble. Say, I know what you're going through. We do it, but we sometimes forget what's available for us. 
You know, if somebody's facing surgery, it's always amazing to find out how many people have already gone through that particular type of surgery. And if you've got qualms about it, they can tell you. You're going to come through it fine. And whatever happens, that's the beauty of it. Whatever happens, God is still there. There are lessons that we need to learn. We like to be self-sufficient. We like to be the individuals who pull ourselves up by our own bootstraps. We're, we've made it. We've, we've fought the fight. We're finishing in that course. We're in charge. We're okay. And then you lose what you have. But you never lost God. And we need to be reminded. We're going to go through these various trials. James does not say if you go through various trials, when you go through various trials. God is there to help you in your life, and he's there to encourage you along the way. You're going to have the trials, the tribulations. You're going to have the persecutions. Jesus talked about it in John 16, 33. You're going to have persecution in this life. They persecuted him. They're going to persecute you. But you still have the stronger faith. You have the stronger power working with you. Yes, Satan's out there. He's like a roaring lion prowling about seeking whom he may devour. He sounds wicked. He is. He has tremendous power and forces that we don't fully comprehend of how he works. He works in such subtle ways. His purpose is to get us to take our focus off of God. And God God is telling us through James, through this wisdom that we're seeking, that we're gained from his word, not in some miraculous way that we may be thinking about, that as I make decisions, oh, God's going to say, what choice should I make, A or B? And he said, God makes big choice, choose B. Okay, I'll choose B. That's not how it works. Satan says, take your focus off of God and look around you. And God says, just keep your focus on me. I'll see you through. I'll help you to the end. And then we have that home. Uh, that when we go on that last mile of the way. And again, do you know when that last mile of the way is for you? It's quite an eye-opener, if you will, at times, to consider two factors in that fa- and along that line. One is, you never know the hour of your departure from this life. And number two... If you knew the hour of your departure from this life, there's no way you could do what you'd want to do in that time. I said before, no, if you knew that at midnight tonight this world was over and it would be burned up, what would you be doing? I promise you, you could not do everything you would want to get done in that last hour. And we're supposed to live our lives as if it was the last hour of our life. This may be our last day on the earth. And we could not get done everything we would want to get done. But God already knows that, doesn't he? So what do you do? You put your faith. You put your trust. You put your hope. You put your conviction in that loving Savior and that Heavenly Father. There's no way in 
any aspect of our lives that we're going to get done everything that we think we ought to get done. Regardless of who we are, last time I checked it, only, each one of us only had 24 hours in a day. You don't got a second more than 24 hours. You cannot stretch it out. Sometimes it may seem like that. But you cannot stretch it out. If you could stretch it out to 36 hours, guess what? You couldn't do it in 36 hours. You'd want 48 hours. Ours is time limited. We are humanly limited. Wisdom tells us we need to accept that. We are not supermen. We're not going to be. God's not expecting that. God is expecting us to let go and let God. It's hard to let go. Human beings, we pride ourselves on what we are, what we're capable, what we believe we're capable of doing. And we already know that that's not the case. From childhood on up, we always have understood and learned along the way. From childhood on up, we've learned that we can always do something that we felt we could not do. From whatever it may be, learning to walk, learning to ride a bike, learning to drive, whatever it is, learning on a new job, learning to make a change in a new job to another new job, whatever it may be, moving to a new location, all these things that go on that we haven't done before. But trust in God. Again, how he leads, how he directs, how he uses, how he challenges us is beyond comprehension. We're given the parable of the talents in Matthew 25. Matthew 25, 15 said he gave to each one according to their several abilities. I've always liked that. God gave to you according to your abilities. And we need to understand, regardless of what we think, from the scripture, we have more abilities than we realize. We can do more things than we've ever thought about if we trust him. Use what you have, more will be given to you. Use what you have, more will be given to you. It's, it's phenomenal how God works in our lives. And then he expects us to be that member of the body. The saints focused on doing what God would have us to do. Expect those trials. They're going to come your way. We're to count it all joy when those trials come our way. Knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. The testing. God tests. Satan tempts. God tests. God is for the good. Testing and get rid of those negative thoughts that we, I cannot do that. Let somebody else do that. Just let God do the testing. It strengthens us. Gold being refined in fire again. It strengthens us. It removes those impurities. Helps us to realize, yes, what we can do. Again, we see it, all, we see it in the physical life all the time. Individuals, severe handicaps as we would view that. But the amazing things that they can do 
when they've set their mind to it. It's unbelievable at times. I've mentioned before one of my nieces is, is legally blind, went blind in the her teenage years. Went on and became a school teacher. Taught in the school system, high school. Went on to be an educator, went on to be vice principal. Gone through, uh, see what, three blind, uh, three guide dogs. Uh, she wears them out. Because <laughs> she's on the go from the time she gets up to the time she goes to bed. And those dogs, when they get the break, they take the break and enjoy. Phenomenal individual. We had a family reunion out there one time and we had to divide up in different cars to get to the locations and she was in my car and we, we drove and we got there before anyone else did. I said, I don't understand it. We got a blind guide and we're here before anyone else got here. She knew the city, city of San Francisco. Go down there two blocks, take a right. Uh, four blocks, you need to take a left. She knew exactly where she was. I'm saying what God has given to us, we haven't tapped. Ours is to trust God. Ask God for wisdom and he'll give it to you generously. Generously. That wisdom is not what we're, what we're looking at at times. I want the wisdom to make the right decision so I don't make a fool out of myself. That's not the wisdom that God is asking from us or going to give to us. The wisdom is, you're going to find out you need me. And you're going to find out, I love you. And I'm with you each step of the way. And I'll help you each step of the way along the way that you can do his word. Let patience have its perfect work. Be patient. Hard to be patient when God has to be patient with us, isn't it? Has to be patient. I want it done now. I want to change now. Whatever it is I need to do, I need to have it now. Rather than the patience of understanding. I don't know about you, but I don't know how many times I've thanked God for not answering my prayers that I've prayed when I was younger. <laughs> Lord, this is what I want. This is what I'd like to do. And that never came to pass. And I look back and I say, thank you, God. <laughs> I wasn't ready for that. It, wouldn't have, it would not have worked. Well, God already knew that. So he moved in, in a different direction. And that's the way life goes. Am I open to God? I'm asking God to give me wisdom. Am I open to his giving me wisdom that doesn't come up through here, but that comes through here to my mind? See what it is that God has in store for us. Let him ask of God. We can change who we are. When we forget who we are. Physically. We can change who we are when we remember who God is. And that indeed he is ours. God me, O thou great Jehovah through this pilgrim land. He guides through his word. Do we trust his word? 
Do we lean on it for our understanding? Are we willing to follow it in our lives? Each step I take, the Savior goes with me. But I have to be with the Savior. And I have to be wanting to walk in His footsteps. I need to be willing to let Him be the guide and to trust when I cannot see to know that he can to trust when I'm weak to know that he's strong and that it's only when we are together will we be able to go that last mile of the way where's your life this evening where is it in line with the word of God have we put our faith, have we put our trust in the right place? Are we seeking the wisdom that God gives in the way that he gives it? If we let Satan into our lives and begin to pull us away, we need to come home. Maybe in a private way. Make that commitment yourself. It may be in a way that you need the help of your brothers and sisters in Christ. But if you have a need to make a life right with God, if we could assist you, if we could help you, indeed we bid you to come as together we stand and sing.